athletes use visualization before every competition. I follow the World Cup, alpine skiing in particular, and I always watch how the athletes are up at the starting gate, visualizing the entire course. They're moving their arms before they get into the actual start gate and push through and then ski the course to the best of their ability. It's amazing to watch and it is proven science. And guess what? We heart patients can do the same thing. In today's episode, I walk you through how I visualized my open heart surgery and recovery. I hope you find this episode helpful. I will want to hear from you and I get into that as well in this episode. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Heart Chamber, hope, inspiration, and healing, conversations on open heart surgery. I am your host, Boots Knighton. If you are a heart patient, a caregiver, a healthcare provider, a healer, or are just looking for open-hearted living, this podcast is for you. To make sure you are in rhythm with the Heart Chamber, be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you are listening to this episode. While you are listening today, think of someone who may appreciate this information. The number one way people learn about a podcast is through a friend. Don't you want to be the reason someone you know gained this heartfelt information? And if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, two different places, at Boots dot nighton or at the heart chamber podcast you can also find me on linkedin as well as facebook but enough with the directions without further delay let's get to this week's episode wayne dyer said when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change I meant to say that in the previous episode where I was talking about what if we reframed heart surgery happening for us instead of to us. And that actually links up and connects with today's episode. So as you know, if you've been listening to me the last few weeks, I have been recording just solo episodes for Heart Month, uh, sharing more in depth about my open heart surgery journey now that I'm three years into this post-surgical bliss. I really can call it a bliss state. And I didn't get to this bliss state overnight. I've had to really do some very hard work to get here. And it's been worth all of the emotional, mental, financial investment I have made to get me to this point. And I just feel like I need to give it away as a gift. So I just want to just make that statement at the start that it took time to get to this place. But today I, I want to focus on one thing and specifically that is free that I did that I think really impacted the outcome of my surgery and why I'm doing so well today. And that is visualization. 
But I want to back up to 2020. It was early March 2020. And at the time, I was a ski instructor at Jacksonville Mountain Resort. I had come back from a debilitating concussion that I sustained in 2018, January of 2018, where I had to relearn how to ski. I had to relearn how to walk in space and time. I remember I even had to relearn how to put a glass away in a cabinet. For like the first month, I would go to put away a glass and I would miss the shelf and the glass would just fall to my tile countertop and shatter. It was amazing how that one simple hit to my brain sent me into a spiral for two years and I had so much to overcome. So when it was time to try to get back to my job as a ski instructor, I decided I was going to not only come back, but absolutely dominate. I spent so much time when I couldn't ski, I would visualize skiing. And at the time, my, what my goal had been to achieve the top level level three in ski instruction. It's a certification process. It's very rigorous. And it had been a goal of mine. At the start, it seemed so out of reach years ago because I didn't grow up skiing. And it seemed like those who grew up skiing, it was just this easy path for them because they just had all the body memory and the body mechanics and the, the body awareness on snow. And I grew up fishing. So I, I really had to learn as an adult how to ski at that level. And so I thought that would be an amazing goal and an amazing comeback story to come back from concussion and pass this level three exam. And so what I did when I wasn't able to ski yet, even when I was still having to relearn how to ski, I started visualizing passing the exam. And I infused a lot of emotion in it. I would visualize being handed the score sheet. And it was not just passing, but like getting the top scores that you could get at the time. It was like a six out of six would be the top score. And everyone happy for me. And that the day of the exam, I was just feeling on top of my game and I just did this over and over again. And as I started training for the exam and just training in general, that was my goal. Every morning I woke up thinking about skiing. When I went to bed at night, I thought about skiing and passing this exam. Well, the day of the exam came and I absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I ended up skiing so well. Obviously, I passed. But I skied so well that I ended up being nominated for a national award. Now, I was set to take the, there was two parts. There was the skiing exam, and then there was the teaching exam. And I was supposed to take the teach exam a few weeks later. But between the ski and the teach, the world shut down. And Jackson Hole Mountain Resort was shut down because of the pandemic. And so I wasn't able to take the TEACH exam. Several months passed. It was actually right before my heart made itself known to me. I got an email from Professional Ski Instructors of America, the national office, 
saying that I had been nominated for this national award for my performance in my ski exam and that they really wanted to give me the the full award, but they couldn't because I was not able to take the teach exam. Then my heart made itself known and then I needed heart surgery and I, I have yet to take the teach exam and I'm not sure if I will. I'm not sure if ski instruction is going to continue to be in my future. I've just had so many other things happen. And then a lot of you know, I broke my leg this winter, so I'm not skiing now. But I'm still so proud of that moment. And it's a testament to where we focus, like what we choose to focus on, more of that comes to fruition. And there's so many thought leaders out there who have done research on this, who have enacted it in their own lives. And that's what I want to bring to you today. Because from that experience of having to come back from such a bad concussion, having to relearn how to ski, and then ultimately being nominated for a national award, I had to work my tail off, but I got there and I was able to visualize it. So because of that visualization success, I knew I could apply that to anything in my life and manifest a positive outcome, or at least the outcome that I desired. So when I was diagnosed with my heart conditions, (laughs) there's multiple, and then it was confirmed that I would need surgery, I started visualizing my surgery and my outcome. And I had several months to do this. And I had already been following Dr. Wayne Dyer's work. He's since passed away, but he, as I was saying at the beginning, quoting him, it really does matter how you choose to look at a situation. And I feel like in order to positively manifest and visualize the right outcome for you, you have to first choose the lens through which you're looking at something. And I went into detail in the previous two episodes about how I had to really work through the grief of my diagnosis. So go back and listen to that. That step is first. Now you get to the visualization part. Once you have really processed the shock and the grief of your diagnosis, and this could apply to cancer, God forbid you're diagnosed with that. It could apply to anything in your life. If, if you lose your job and you didn't want to lose your job, visualize getting a new one. Like there's, there's so many ways you can apply this. It's, it doesn't have to be just for heart surgery. But in this case, given that this is the Heart Chamber podcast, heart surgery. My therapist drew my attention not only to Dr. Wayne Dyer, but Bella Ruth Napperstick. Now that is quite the name, and she is a force. She has so many great meditations that you can purchase and listen to on Apple iTunes, just one example of a location, where she really calms the nervous system, and she helps you visualize a positive outcome for your surgery. She helped me somewhat. 
I found after a while, I just needed to do it on my own. And so here is what I did. I visualized the operating room where my surgeon was having the best day of his life. And that all of the nurses and the assistants in the operating room were also having the best days of their lives, that they were all in their best health, that they had slept well the night before, that they came rested. And then I visualized my strongest self rolling into the OR and that all of us worked in harmony together for a surgical experience to be filled filled with ease, grace, love, precision, perfection, germ-free. Like you think of anything that could possibly go wrong, I thought the opposite. The surgery took less time than expected, so therefore I would be on Uh, under anesthesia for, for less amount of time. And then I pictured myself easily rolling out of the OR that my stay in the hospital was filled with joyful at peace nurses. And then I pictured the step down unit from the ICU where all those nurses were rested and feeling valued and were excited to come to work and help me get discharged. I just pictured this whole string of events with ease, grace, and love. And then I started to picture myself healed better than before, that my life would be absolutely filled with abundance, gratitude, grace, ease, health, oxygen for my heart, like all these different things I could think of while I was waiting for heart surgery. Anything that came up as a panic or an anxiety, I would turn it around and make it a positive. It was a lot of mental work, but I didn't have another choice. I wasn't able to do a lot. If you listen to my story, I was basically chair-ridden, bed-ridden for months waiting for heart surgery. That's just crazy now when I say that out loud. It's so in the distant past in my mind, even though it's only been three years, yet it was such a blip of time. Like It seemed like forever in, in that time frame. Like I was just counting down the days and the days. If you want time to pass slowly, wait for heart surgery. <laughs> It just drags on at snail's pace. And yet looking back on it now, it was so lightning quick. What this visualization did for me was twofold. I really do believe and know it impacted my outcome in a very positive way. But it also anesthetized the incredible anxiety I was feeling understandably, while I waited for heart surgery. Because it put me in the driver's seat of thinking of my mental state instead of being in the passenger seat. It actually helped me regulate my nervous system 
and stay positive, which then also helped regulate those around me. My husband was terrified. My parents were terrified. All my friends were so worried, trying to understand. And the more I sharpened my mind and focused it on the positive instead of catastrophizing the situation, everyone was much more at ease. But most importantly, I was more at ease, which then stressed my heart out less which meant my immune system was stronger. There's so much research behind immune systems being weakened because of stress. So there were so many positive outcomes to me, like basically turning myself into a mental ninja. I mean, that's really what I had to do. I had to turn myself into a mental ninja. There's another gentleman you might check out. I've mentioned Wayne Dyer as one resource. Bella Ruth Napperstek, I will put her name in the show notes as well. But then Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I found this great quote that I really like. Where you place your attention is where you place your energy. Once you fix your attention or your awareness or your mind on possibility, you place your energy there as well. As a result, you're affecting matter with your attention or observation. The placebo effect is not fantasy then. It's quantum reality, energy. So Dr. Joe Dispenza has done a ton of research on this. He has a lot of different meditations. His meditations aren't exactly for me, but I appreciate what he is guiding the listener to do. So I prefer reading his research uh, rather than listening, but everyone is different. And that's why I'm presenting all these different options to you. But really, at the end of the day, your mind is your greatest asset. And you can either use it to be of benefit to you and your nervous system, or to be of detriment. So as I have continued to do all the work and self-reflection and writing every morning, I write every single morning, I am more quick now to catch when I am being of detriment to my own self than being of benefit. And I've gotten to the point where I can laugh now and I'll just say sometimes my mind is a very scary neighborhood and you better lock your doors when you're driving by. I mean, those are the days when I am like in victim mindset or overwhelmed or right before my period, God help us all. But at least I'm catching it now. And It is so easy when we are diagnosed with a scary health condition, such as a congenital heart defect or, you know, lifestyle issue with the heart, whatever your diagnosis is, it is so easy to like get on Dr. Google, give yourself six months to live. Why me? Why is this happening now? Like there are so many easy, scary roads we can take in our scary neighborhood of our mind, that doesn't help. 
And so the goal is, is to get out of that as quickly as possible and get in back into the driver's seat and be like, okay, this sucks. And I'm going to call my cardiologist. I'm going to get a second opinion. I'm going to call my therapist. I'm going to call a trusted friend that can help regulate me. I'm going to just schedule the next right appointment to get me the next right bit of information and just start collecting data and information. Just do it step by step. And the whole time visualizing the next right person to come in and present you the next right bit of information to get you to the other side, whether that is a surgery, a helpful medication, a lifestyle change, whatever you need so that your heart feels at ease, that you don't have chest pain, that you're not out of breath. There are so many different avenues these heart diagnoses can take us down, but we always have the best resource, which is our mind to regulate us and to keep us even keel and to help us visualize the best outcome for our bodies. I'll give you another more recent example. I've mentioned I've broken my leg and it was on December 9th, 2023. I've already told the story in a previous episode. I don't think what I mentioned is I broke my leg. I was by myself. I was on a mountain. I had to get rescued and it was so dramatic. And I had like 10-ish minutes until help arrived. And I had enough time to cycle through why me? I've already had a concussion. I've already had heart surgery. Why do I now I have a broken leg? What the heck? So I, I went through the victim mindset. And even as my leg was like, I broke two bones, my tibia and fibula, as the pain was starting to set in, I was able to harness even a fraction of a minute of, I know this is going to be okay eventually. I know I'm going to heal and I'm going to overcome this and I'm actually going to be stronger than before. I was actually able to think that for like half a second. And I just kept visualizing the emergency room. It was so cold. It was probably just barely above zero degrees Fahrenheit. And I know so many people in the area. I've lived here a long time in the Tetons. And I figured people I knew would help rescue me. My husband was on the way up. Two friends were on their way up this this hike to get to me. I knew I was going to be okay. And so as my leg was starting to throb and I was going into physical shock, I just kept visualizing the warm emergency room, the warm ambulance to get to the emergency room. And then on the other side, friends supporting me, my husband supporting me, and then ultimately me back in my life, mountain biking, hiking, skiing, stronger than before. And guess what has already happened? So let's see, I broke my leg December the 9th. It's been almost nine weeks complete of healing. I am weeks ahead of schedule, multiple weeks. Now I have a very healthy lifestyle. I don't drink. 
I eat organic. I limit my sugar. I wear stem cell patches, which I'll be talking about in another episode. I was back in the gym at four weeks, not weight bearing yet. I've been really diligent and methodical about my healing, but I've also every day been visualizing quickened healing, walking, and I was walking at seven and a half weeks, which for as bad of a break that I had is pretty miraculous. And I had to have emergency surgery and I have a rod and screws in there. And I mean, I'm not skipping down the road. I don't want to like paint this picture that I'm like good as new, but I am ahead of schedule. So you can do this too. I believe in you. We all have the ability to help ourselves and what we focus on persists. So if you focus on a terrible outcome, if you focus on not being loved, whatever you look for, you will find more evidence of. If you change what you focus on and you work to overcome the fear, which I know can be so hard. I I spent so many days in fear. I get it. When we feel like our heart is about to stop and end our life, which I was there for months, it is next to impossible to not be afraid. So let's say you're in that place. Could you hold fear in one hand and honor it and be like, I hear you heart. I know you're afraid. I know that you feel like you're going to stop at any minute. And I got you. I'm getting you help. Help is almost here. And guess what? Once we're on the other side, we're going to have a kick-ass life together. And you can do this with anything in your life. It's really just a duality of holding the space of this is hard and it's going to get better because it always does. But it's hard right now and I have a ways to go, but it will get better. I mean, that's what I'm still telling myself about my leg. I still have pain. I still walk kind of wonky and boy, my leg sure is smaller than my other one because of all the atrophy and I'm willing to do the work and I know it's going to be over in a blink of an eye and I'll be on to the next great thing. But for right now, I'm visualizing a right leg that's going to get stronger and stronger and then the muscle mass will match the muscle mass of the left leg. So I want to hear from you. What are you visualizing for yourself? Maybe you have a bicuspid valve that is needing to be watched more closely because you're developing an aneurysm or stenosis and like surgery is inevitable. So you're going to visualize a quick surgical outcome rather than waiting and waiting and waiting with the right surgeon at the right time in the right hospital for you. And then you're going to feel years younger. How amazing would that be? Maybe you need bypass surgery. Do the same thing. The right surgeon at the right time in the right hospital with the right support and the right food. 
let's all start manifesting and visualizing better food in hospitals. <laughs> so that's my gift to you today. I hope you have found it helpful. Do let me know. You are not bothering me. I want you to send me an email, boots at theheartchamberpodcast.com if this was helpful for you. Or you can send me a message on Instagram, the Heart Chamber Podcast, or boots.nighton. I would love to hear from you. And I would really appreciate it if you would share this with a friend. I'll be back next week with another powerful episode of me diving in a little more deeply with open heart surgery. Until then, I love you. You can do this. I'll be back next week. Thank you for sharing a few heartbeats of your day with me today. Please be sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Share with a friend who will value what we discussed. Go to either Apple Podcasts and write us a review or mark those stars on Spotify. I read these and your feedback is so encouraging and it also helps others find this podcast. Also, please feel free to drop me a note at boots at theheartchamberpodcast.com. I truly want to know how you're doing and if this podcast has been a source of hope, inspiration, and healing for you. Again, I am your host, Boots Knighton, and thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday for another episode of The Heart Chamber.